Let's take our Bibles together to the book of Jude, little book of Jude. We're looking at things that we must do in this day of apostasy, all of these previous verses about how awful things are, and yet God gives his people instructions about these days. And we'll pick back up and read verse 17 because we want to follow the text again before we arrive to our our thought tonight in the Word of God, the second thing He tells us to do, or actually it's going to be the third in the list from verse 17. Jude verse 17, the Bible says, But, beloved, remember ye the words, that's the first thing we're supposed to do, we talked about that this morning, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you. There should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost... Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. All of these little ing words that we're looking at. Last time we were together, we uh, intended on getting both things in verse twenty. We only wound up preaching on building up yourselves on your most holy faith. And tonight, the next phrase in verse twenty: praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. What do you do in the day of apostasy? You pray. You pray. But you don't just pray, you know, all praying is not the same praying. He did not just say praying. He said praying in the Holy Ghost. That should not scare an independent Baptist. That's part of the Word of God. But we need to understand what that means and we need to get into that a little bit deeper because I'm I'm fearful that a lot of our praying is not praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm fearful that a lot of our praying is not real praying. We're just talking about real praying. There's a lot of fake praying. What is fake praying? Well, it could be, as Jesus said, vain repetition. You know, whether it's Jews that do that, or Muslims that do that, or Catholics that do that, or Baptists that do that. If you're just praying the same words, you may be saying words and not praying. We've all heard, you know, is, and I'm not saying it's all wrong. I mean, you have to, especially with children, you have to teach them how to pray. They don't understand all that. We, we get that right. And... Um, but, you know, the little things we teach our children or, or people have, you know, now I lay me down to sleep or whatever you teach your children or teach them to say the Lord's, which is not really the Lord's prayer, the model prayer. Or teach them to say words that, that are words that they memorize, 
there may be a place for that until you really understand how to pray. But when you know how to pray, you ought not be just saying words. I'm fearful of that even when we, when we pray for our food. I think you ought to thank God for your food. The Bible tells us to do that. We shouldn't eat like heathen people. Our food is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. I don't, I don't know why we didn't grow up quoting scripture over our food. That would be even more scriptural to do that. Plus pray over it. But I think that's proper to thank God for our food. But if you're not careful, you'll say the blessing and you're not talking to God. Do you know when you pray, we're supposed to be talking to God. It's supposed to be a real prayer. It's not just supposed to be something you say. Uh, we've probably all been in churches before and, and somebody's been called on to pray and they pray some big, long, flowery prayer and the, you know, maybe the little phrases and catch words that they've used their whole life. And I'm not trying to be critical about people's praying because I want people to pray, but I'm just saying all praying is not the same and our prayers need to be a little more real. It would be better if they were all messed up with the wrong words and it came out real. You understand? That's why, you know, I've had, we've even had some guys in our church that said, Preacher, don't call on me to pray. I respect that. I don't do that. So I just can't pray in a crowd. But I'm thinking maybe we need to hear some of those prayers. Maybe we need to hear some of the prayers that aren't just perfectly right. Because a lot of times a lot of the prayers that are perfectly right aren't right. What is real praying? Well, it's not a religious prayer. It's not you saying something you have to say. It's saying something that you really mean in your heart. It's you talking to God. I wonder how many people have prayed for the people in the room. That bothers me as well. When we gather to pray and when we have times of prayer and seasons of prayer in the church and we have... uh, Prayer time, even at our prayer breakfast, people gather around. I'm hopeful that people aren't caring about what others are hearing them saying. I'm hoping that they're pouring their heart out to God. But a lot of times we're uncomfortable doing that. We're more comfortable trying to say the right words so everybody thinks my prayer is good. You understand what I'm trying to lay the groundwork? All praying is not the same. All praying is not real. Muslims pray more than you do. But their prayers don't go to the God of heaven. Catholics pray and they say the rosary. But it's something that's memorized. It's something that's habitual. It's something that's religious. I even went to one of the many schools I went to. The guy, the chancellor got up and read his prayer. I just don't get any of that. I don't understand that. Because we pray enough prayers that we don't mean. i say it again. We pray enough prayers that we don't mean. You know, learn to we bow our head and thank you, Lord, for the food. We're not thankful for the food. We're just saying that because we're supposed to say that. And we bow our heads and say, Lord, bless the church today. But we're, that's really not a heart cry. That's just something I'm supposed to say. Lord, bless the offering. I'm not being critical because I don't know anybody's heart. I'm just saying I, I'm not naive enough to think that all praying is real biblical praying or praying in the Holy Ghost. 
What God is telling us in the day of apostasy, you better know how to pray, and it better be more than just a religious prayer. You need to really connect with God in the day in which you live. A lot of look at Luke chapter twenty. Here's a prayer that is not praying in the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter twenty. Jesus, it's strange. Jesus warned us about bad praying. He just didn't say, y'all, you guys just pray. No, he, he warned us about bad praying, not just the vain repetition that he, he told us and warned us about, but here in Luke chapter 20, a different kind of praying. The Bible says in verse number, well, look, verse 46, Luke twenty forty six, Beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and the highest seats in the synagogues and the Chief rooms at feasts, which devour widows' houses. Watch this. And for a show, make long prayers. That means a lot of praying can be a show. You see that? And by the way, he's warning about a show horse praying, but he's also talking about long prayer. You know, have you ever read most of the people praying in the Bible? They didn't use a whole lot of words normally. You ever thought about that? How, how does somebody pray an hour, but they only use about 50 words? Have you, have you read those prayers in the Bible? I, I think sometimes we think that our praying is real if we say enough words. And maybe that is the telltale sign that we're not praying in the Holy Ghost because we are saying too many words. He's warning about long prayers. I'm not saying there shouldn't be long prayers at times. But if it's a show, look at what he says. For a show make long prayers, the same shall receive greater damnation. Mm. It doesn't look like the Lord is just happy they're praying. It's fake praying. And, and you know, I understand that that the religious world has plenty of fake praying. I just don't want you to have fake praying. And I want you to pray, but I don't want you just to pray. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't know that growing up I ever heard a message on praying in the Holy Ghost. Should we take a poll? How many of you have heard a message on praying in the Holy Ghost? Well, well, how are we going to get that emphasis here from the Scripture if we're not even preaching about it? If we're not even being instructed about it? Is that a part of the Bible? It says, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. What is that? I want to do that. I need to do that. Help me, Lord, to understand what it means to pray. It's nothing spooky. It's not... Well, we're, just, we're going to look at the Bible and, and see what it is. The first thing I want to tell you about praying in the Holy Ghost, someone that is praying in the Holy Ghost has an open heart to the Lord first. Before the prayer, there is an open heart first. Look at our, our text. 
But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, comma, praying in the Holy Ghost. That means that you need to be building up yourselves on your faith probably before you can get to the praying in the Holy Ghost because if you have not built up your Christian life, you probably don't even know how to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because this is a strong prayer. So you've got to let the Lord build your Christian life. Now, how does that happen? What did we say in Acts chapter 20? I'm not going to re-preach the message. The Word of God is able to build you up. The Bible builds us up upon our most holy faith. The Word of God is what builds us and edifies us. So, the Bible is God talking to me. Praying is me talking to God. Now watch this, I mentioned this this morning. If I am not open to God talking to me, then there's no way that I'm going to properly talk to Him. If I'm not first open for Him to say whatever He wants to say to me, then whatever I'm going to say to Him is going to be messed up and it's not going to be in the Holy Ghost. You see what I'm saying? In other words, you can't pray in the Holy Ghost if you're not right with God, if you're not listening to God, if your heart's not open to what God is trying to say to you, then you'll never pray in the Holy Ghost. Because it's a predicate. You need to get what God wants to tell you before you tell Him. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you don't get what God's trying to tell you, you don't even know what to tell Him. We're probably not praying in the Holy Ghost because we're not letting God speak to us is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter how doctrinally right our prayers look. If I am not in the attitude of listening to the Lord, then my praying is not going to be in the Spirit of God. You're not praying in the... Listen, listen, listen. You are not praying in the Holy Ghost if you just want Him to listen to you. You hear what I'm trying to say? You are not praying in the Holy Ghost if this is a one-way conversation. I just want God to listen to my prayers. It's more important for us to listen to Him before we start talking to Him. So praying in the Holy Ghost is first of all an open-heartedness to God to listen to Him and what he wants to say to me so that I can properly say what I need to say to him. The second thing, go to Ephesians chapter 6. What is praying in the Holy Ghost? Well, to pray in the Holy Ghost, you have to have the Holy Ghost. (laughs) If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can't pray in the Holy Ghost. If he's not in you and you're not in the Lord, you can't do this kind of praying. As you're turning over there to the book of Ephesians, what did we just read in the book of Jude about all these mockers in the last times that walk after their own ungodly lust? These be they who separate themselves, sensual, listen, listen, having not the Spirit. Do you see the contrast? We live in a world that does not have the Spirit of God. 
If you're saved, you have the Spirit of God. Know you not that the that that Christ is in you? If you don't, you're, you're reprobate. You don't even know you're saved. We have to know that the Spirit is in us for us to be able to pray in the Holy Ghost. Watch this text in Ephesians chapter six. This is, and I don't know why these verses haven't been put together because it's right here in the text. All of this Ephesians chapter 6 is about being strong in the Lord, right? In verse number 10, the power of His might. We're in a battle. We're in a warfare. That's us in this day of apostasy. That's the church. That's the, the body of believers. We're in a battle against the devil, against the wiles of the devil. We need to take the whole armor of God. There, there are powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness. And we need all of this armor armor and he goes through all this armor and he says in verse number 18 watch verse 18 praying not just praying praying always with all prayer and supplication what's the next three words in the spirit We're not just pulling out one phrase in the book of Jude. This is also said to the Ephesians. You don't just need to pray. You don't just need to make supplication. But you need to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Capital S. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Our prayers have to be in the Holy Ghost. They need to be in the Spirit. Or the context of this warfare shows us we are going to get run over if we don't know how to do real praying. What does it mean to be praying in the Holy Ghost? He says in Ephesians 6.18, supplication in the Spirit. That's 6.18. Look at 5.18. Ephesians 5.18 And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You think that might be connected? Do you think if I was filled with the Spirit of God that I would be able to pray in the Spirit of God? Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 we have a different phrase and the charismatics have tried to use it. It talks about praying with the Spirit. Now that's a different phrase. Praying in the Spirit and praying with the Spirit, not the same thing. Praying in the Spirit, that's capital S, that's the Holy Ghost. Praying with the Spirit, that's a small s. That's your spirit, that's your understanding. In other words, he's talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you need to understand what you're singing, you need to understand what's being preached, you need to understand what's being prayed. Okay? So when he says pray with the Spirit, that's your spirit. Your spirit needs to be involved in understanding this prayer. But when he says praying in the Spirit, I I see that connotation of the fullness of the Spirit of God. Just just go over to Acts chapter 2. I want to use that analogy of tongues and just show you, just an analogy. This is not praying in the Spirit, but I think it can lead us into the understanding of what that means. In Acts chapter 2. Get Acts chapter 2, and with your other hand, go ahead and get Luke chapter 4. It's not far away. Luke chapter 4, Acts chapter 2, same author. Acts chapter 2, the Bible says in verse number 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you see that? 
So they're filled with the Holy Ghost. The Spirit gives them utterance. He gives them words to come out of their mouth to speak in a different language. They don't know how to speak this language. And in Acts chapter 2, there are all these all these languages. And he mentions them right here in chapter 2. And they're speaking in all these languages that they never learned, they never studied, they don't understand. And they're preaching the gospel in all these languages because the Spirit of God gives them the gift to do that so the gospel can go into all the world and into all those cultures and all those languages. Are you following me? Now watch this. Watch this. Do you know you and I speaking to God is almost like talking in a different language? What are you talking about? Listen, have you heard this verse? Ye know not what to pray for as ye ought. We really don't know how to talk to God. I'm not talking about an unknown tongue. I'm talking about we don't know how to pray. God told us that. So you know what happens? Just like these people didn't know these other languages, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. Do you see that? They were controlled. Their mind, their hearts, their tongues, they were controlled by the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak what God wanted them to speak. You think if we were filled with the Holy Ghost, we would speak what God wanted us to speak? You know how we're good witnesses? We're good witnesses if, if we'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and then we'll be able to speak what God wants us to speak instead of what we want to speak. Does that make sense? It takes the fullness of the Holy Ghost to be a good witness. Because we don't know how to say it. We don't know, uh, we, we don't know what to say. We don't know how to say it. It's just like praying. How much... That we do, we do without being filled with the Spirit of God. And it's almost like a learned behavior. We've learned how to live the Christian life without the Spirit. We've learned how to do things for God without God. I can teach my class without being filled with the Holy Ghost. I can, I can lead singing without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I can preach without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I can sing songs in the congregation without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I can hear the Word of God without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I can go downtown and tell somebody about Jesus without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I can go through the routine of my family without, without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I can be a dad, a mother, a father, a wife. A mother without being... Do you understand what I'm saying? We can go through our life doing all these things without the fullness of the Holy Ghost and it don't come out right. How do I pray in the Holy Ghost? Just like I sing full of the Holy Ghost or preach or live my life. I cannot pray in the Holy Ghost if my life is not filled with Him. And I think there is the rub. We would be content not to be filled with the Spirit of God, but to go on and do our praying without Him. It's easier. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, the Bible says in verse number 1. Luke chapter 4 in verse number 1. 
And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Now, if there's anybody that shouldn't have even had to have that, it would have been him. <laughs> He's a part of the Godhead, you know. In him dwelleth all the fullness of Godhead, but he is the Son of God. And yet he saw the need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Watch it. Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan. I mean, he's just, he's just walking through life. He's just living life. Filled with the Holy Ghost. You'd be surprised if you were full, full of the Holy Ghost how much praying you probably would do. It would just come spontaneously. It would come right out of your heart when you're full of God. It's just like witnessing. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, nobody even has to designate a time for you. You just start witnessing because He comes out. He'll come out. If you're filled with Him, He'll start praying. Oh, I've seen my grandpa do that in the strangest of places. My, my granddaddy, he walked in the Spirit. He followed the Spirit. He lived a life filled with the Spirit of God. He'd play in the, pray in the airport. He'd play on, pray on the plane. He'd interrupt family gatherings and start praying. He'd pray on the street corner. He'd pray in the restaurant. And I'm not talking about thank you for the food. He'd pray. Because when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will prompt the praying. Look, look at the verse. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jerusalem and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Point, case in point. If you're not full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost can't lead you. Now, wait a minute. Are we appropriately led in our praying? In other words, what am I led to pray for? Uh, is anybody following me? What am I inclined to talk to God about? Am I filled with the Spirit of God so that He leads me in? You ever heard somebody being led in a prayer? Now, we, we, we don't do that. This lady was in my office this morning. I didn't pray for her. I didn't tell her what to pray. I said, if you want something from God, tell Him. He's listening. You're not talking to me. I'm not talking for you. You pray. But what, you understand what being led in a prayer is, Right? You know, if I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and He's leading my life and He's guiding my steps, you think He might be able to do a good job leading my prayer? But He can't if I'm not filled with Him. And again, guys, it's not something spooky. It's, I, I tried to go into some of that last, last Sunday night. That Bible says if you know how to give good gifts to your children and you're evil, what a compliment. If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall the Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask Him? We know a lot of our praying is not in the Holy Ghost because what we're asking. Maybe if I would ask for the fullness of the Holy Ghost, then I'd start to be able to pray in the Holy Ghost. Just takes a prayer in the morning, an open heart in the morning, a desire in the morning, a yieldedness every day. Fill me. Fill me, Spirit of God. Control me. Here are my members. Here's my mind. Here's my... I desire the fullness of the Holy Ghost in my life. Just a prayer to the Father. Heavenly Father calls me to walk in the Spirit today so that I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
but we don't take time to do that many times. And so our prayers are not led by the Holy Ghost. They're not prayers in the Holy Ghost because he's not involved in them. Acts chapter 7. I've had so many people throughout my ministry, young men especially, for the, I mean, for years and years, come to me and say, Preacher, teach us how to preach, you know. Teach us how to get up there and minister the Bible. And I'll always put my arm around them and say, You know what? There's part of that that I can't teach you. There's, there's messages you will hear that are doctrinally right and the words are correct and all, but you don't get anything. And nothing was said wrong. God just wasn't in the message. And then there's some preaching and there's a ring to it. There's a heavenly ring. There's a Holy Ghost ring. And that's not something you can teach. And that's not something you put on paper. That's the Holy Ghost in the preaching. That's what makes the difference. Not the education. Not the good speaking. Not even the good message. I've told you before. about. Did I tell you about that? About Dr. James Crumpton, me hearing his message on Jesus. Famous message. He preached a message on Jesus. It goes all the way through the alphabet. Dr. Crumpton was just a masterful preacher. And he was a preacher full of the Holy Ghost. He got up and preached. Um, I mean, they've even put it in print. I mean, this was, you know, years and years and years ago. He probably first preached it maybe in the 50s or something. Powerful message. He got through preaching. I was in the auditorium there, and, and I was probably about 19 years old. He got through preaching that message, and everybody just got on their face before God. It was just the power of God was so present and magnifying Jesus. And years later, I probably was about 27, and I was in a meeting of a, a lot of preachers were there, a lot of missionaries were there. It's a big gathering. And a man got up and preached word for word James Crumpton's message. And it was dry as cracker juice. It was uncomfortable. He didn't have, it wasn't a bad delivery. Same words. God was not in five miles of that message. Now, wait a minute. Can we not apply that to every other part of our Christian life? How much of my service, God's not in it. My singing, God's not in it. My listening, God's not in it. My praying, God's not in it. You understand? I'm going through the motions, but I'm not filled with the Holy Ghost as I'm doing it. Acts chapter 7. Here's, here's, here's a guy that was praying in the Holy Ghost. One of the heroes of the faith. Stephen. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 7, if you'd look there in verse number 55. But he, Acts seven fifty-five. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven 
and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And Watch it now. And they stoned Stephen calling upon God. And saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He's not done praying. 60. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. That's praying in the Holy Ghost. How are you going to pray for God not to lay the sin to somebody's charge that's stoning you to death? Your prayer's not your prayer. You're praying in the Holy Ghost. You know how he was praying in the Holy Ghost? Because number verse number 55 said he was full of the Holy Ghost. Do you see that? He's able to call on God at death's door and have this conversation with the Lord and even ask for forgiveness with those that are killing him because his prayer is in the Holy Ghost and his prayer is in the Holy Ghost because he's filled with the Holy Ghost before this starts. What is praying in the Holy Ghost? It's first of all, open-heartedness to the Lord to speak to me before I speak to Him. Praying in the Holy Ghost, secondly, is the fullness of the Holy Ghost in me while I'm praying. Thirdly, Psalm chapter 34. Psalm chapter 34. Get Psalm 34 and you can do it. Let's get two other places. Isaiah 38. Psalm 34. Isaiah 38. And Hebrews 5. Psalm 34. Isaiah 38. And Hebrews chapter 5. What is praying in the Holy Ghost? Psalm 34, the Bible says in verse number 15, watch it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and His ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth. And delivereth them out of all their troubles. I want you to look and zone in on verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. And saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Isaiah chapter 38. Isaiah 38, the Bible says in verse number 4. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years. Hebrews chapter 5. The greatest praying that was ever done 
by one that always prayed in the Holy Ghost, our Lord Jesus. Look what it says about him. Hebrews chapter 5. The Bible says in verse number 7, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, watch it, with strong crying and tears, unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared. Of course, I think you can see this most Vividly in Gethsemane's praying. The Lord Jesus sweat as it were great drops of blood. The Bible says strong crying. Now I believe Jesus Christ was a man's man. I don't think he went around as an emotional wreck. But if I read that Bible correctly. He had seasons of prayer in his life. That he cried strongly and the tears ran down his face and that Bible says that a broken and a a broken heart and a contrite spirit God will not despise and he sees the tears and he sees the broken heart of Hezekiah and he hears the prayer and he answers and he sees his son down there in agony crying and pleading and his heart all broken up you know what I think praying in the Holy Ghost is also it's praying with a contrite spirit You know, when I've seen God really move in people's praying, it's when their hearts were broken. I've seen the Holy Ghost get in the prayers of people's hearts that are broken. He's listening. And we do need our hearts broken. And God deliver us from doing a lot of praying that never has a tear on it. Guys, I I can't fabricate tears. I I can't do that. I'm too hard-hearted. I'm too callous. But I'm telling you what, there are seasons in my praying that God the Holy Ghost grabs a hold of my heart and I know that I'm praying in the Holy Ghost because my heart breaks and the tears start running and I've humbled myself as low as I can and the praying is in the Holy Ghost. It's not in my Force, it's not in my own will, it's not in my desire. My heart is broken and I'm needing something from God. All those revivals, all those moving of the Holy Ghost in the past, all those saints would flood the altar with broken hearts. And they were praying in the Holy Ghost because a broken heart and a contrite spirit God will not despise. And there's just something about God. There's something about the Holy Ghost that gets in a prayer of somebody's heart who's contrite. I'm trying to say too much of our praying is in pride. I'm trying to say too much of our praying is not prayers in humility. Too much of our praying is not with a contrite spirit. It's not with a broken heart. It's just a prayer. 
Are you saying preacher that we always got to cry when we pray? No, I'm not saying that. But what, what, what's the condition of my heart with my prayers? You try, you, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? What is the condition of my heart while I'm talking to God? Am I broken over my own need? Am I broken over someone else's need? Am I broken over my sin? Something that goes right along with that. Look at Psalm 42. Psalm 42 and James 5. Do you pray in the Holy Ghost or do you just pray? Do you pray ever with a broken heart? Do you pray ever with a contrite spirit? Psalm chapter 42. The Bible says in verse number 1, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after Thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continue saying to me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul. You see that? You see the prayer, verse 6, Oh my God! Verse 9, I will say unto God, my rock... He continually praises someone that's panting after God. He's got passion in his praying. Not only is a, is contrite praying, praying in the Holy Ghost, but passionate praying is Holy Ghost praying. What am I talking about? Look at James chapter 5. James chapter 5, the Bible says in verse number 16, Confess your faults one to another. And pray for one another that ye may be healed. Watch it. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual. That means it's really making a difference. It's having an effect. How much of our praying has no effect? Maybe it has no effect because it's not in the Holy Ghost. And maybe it's not in the Holy Ghost because it's not fervent. There needs to be some passion in our prayer. I'm not saying you need to pray like Oliver B. Green every time you pray. I'm not saying you're in, you know, you're in McDonald's saying, Father! I'm not saying you have to pray that way. But there ought to be some zeal. There ought to be some heart in your prayer. Because you're not praying in the Holy Ghost if your heart's not in it. You understand? If a little dab will do you, you're not passionate about your praying. How much of our praying is fervent. Oh, God. That, that's the Garden of Gethsemane, is it not? I'll give you a verse we all know. I said it to, to the dear lady today. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, Confession is made unto salvation. You know, when you got saved, you had to pray from your heart. It's not a prayer that somebody told you to pray or you prayed because mommy wanted you to pray, right? Or you went down and prayed because somebody, one of your friends were praying. A prayer of salvation 
has to come from your heart. You've got to really want, you've got to want that salvation. It's not just a prayer. It's a heart prayer. Now, wait a minute. If that's true about salvation, why do we think that's not true about every other prayer we pray? How much praying do we do that our heart's really not in it? Or if it's in it, it's half-hearted. Lord, help the service today, or help my family, or help. Where's the passion? I'm telling you what, when the Holy Ghost gets into something, there's some zeal there. There's some heart there. You understand? Maybe we need to ask God to give us a heart so that we can't even pray. I want to pray in the Holy Ghost, Lord. Help me to, help me to have the passion, the fervency that I need. I, I really think we can take it or leave it. I really do. The fervent prayers I've seen that the Holy Ghost got in, I've seen people get out of their, get out of their seat, come to pray, and it wasn't invitation time. Amen. There was just a zealousness that I need to get to God, and I need to talk to God. I'll never forget in this church. I wasn't even the pastor here. I was preaching the missions conference. And right over here to my right, there's a girl over here screaming out and calling out to God and weeping. Her life was so full of bitterness. I never, listen, listen, I, I rarely see praying in the Holy Ghost like that. Wanting deliverance. You know what? God answered her prayer. She got the victory. Passionate praying is praying in the Holy Ghost. If you want to get the Holy Ghost in your praying, you need to put your heart in it because He knows if it's not. That's what I'm trying to say. I'll give you the last thing, and really I could have just given this one and be done with it, but I think all these others are important. Would you go to Romans chapter 5? And I, I think this will make you clearly see what it means to pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't, I don't think you'll be confused. To pray in the Holy Ghost means that you're first open-hearted to God to speak to you before you speak to Him. To pray in the Holy Ghost means that you are filled with His Spirit and led in that praying. To pray with the Holy Ghost, I believe, has a brokenness and a contrite spirit with it. I believe Holy Ghost praying is passionate. It has your heart in it. It's fervent. Then in Romans chapter 5, the Bible says in verse number 5, Romans 5 verse 5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So if you are justified by faith, verse 1, God has put the Holy Ghost in your heart. That's what the Bible says right there. Romans chapter 8. So you have the Holy Ghost in your heart. It says in Romans chapter 8, I've told you, I just mentioned you can't pray in the Holy Ghost if you're not in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 8, the Bible says, verse number 9, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So if the Spirit of God is in you, he says, you're not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. Watch verse 5. We're not finished. 
It's not you're just being saved. Your being saved does put the Holy Ghost in you. But getting your prayer in the Holy Ghost, not just your person, is not the same thing. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. You read all the way through the context and you'll see over and over God is showing you that the Spirit and the flesh are contrary the one to the other. What the Spirit wants, the flesh does not want. What the flesh wants, the Spirit wants to have no part in it. Do you see that in the text? Verse number 16, he, he's still talking, well look at verse 15, he's still talking about the Spirit of God. Verse 14, we're led by the Spirit of God, we're the sons of God. Verse 15, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Do you see that? The Spirit in your heart is making a prayer and calling out to the Father. Do you see that? That's Holy Spirit praying. Look at this verse. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So the Spirit is in here, we're His child, we're calling out to the Father, but that flesh is contrary to the Spirit. Look at verse 26. Now he talks about the Spirit praying, the Holy Ghost praying. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. What is our infirmity? It's our flesh. The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. Here's the verse I just quoted earlier. For we know not what we should pray for as we are. You know what we want to pray for? We want to pray what the flesh wants to pray for. Every one of us. God, I want this. God, I need this. God, do this. That's a... Lord, make my life more comfortable. Take away my burdens. The flesh wants things from God. But the Spirit says, that's not Spirit praying. That's you praying. Remember James chapter 4? You ask, that's praying. And receive not. Because ye ask amiss. That ye may consume it upon your own lusts. You know what? Spirit praying is not you and I praying for what we want. That's not praying in the Holy Ghost. And we're all tempted, especially in this day, to pray for what we want instead of finding out what God wants. So many times what God wants is not even near what I want, what you want. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep, keep reading, watch it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh, groan, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to, watch the phrase, the will of God. You know what praying in the Holy Ghost is? It's praying in the will of God. 
The Bible tells us over and over again about our prayers being in the will of God. He said in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything... According to His will, He heareth us. That's praying in the Holy Ghost. When you're asking something in the will of God, and if we know that He hear us, in other words, God doesn't even hear most of our prayers because it ain't Holy Ghost praying, it's my praying. I want this, and I want that, and God do this, and God do that. And they're not even bad things. I'm not saying you're praying for a $100,000 raise or, or a brand new car. May not be bad things. Maybe God take away this thorn in my flesh. God says, no, that's not, that's not a prayer in accordance with my will. Quit praying to me about that, Paul. That's your prayer. That's your prayer, Paul. That's not praying in the Holy Ghost. That's not what the Holy Ghost wants for you, Paul. Most of our lives we spend going after our own will. And then we look at our lives after we go after our own will. And it's a shambles. And then we begin to blame God and ask Him to take it all away. When it's our heart that went after our own will. When if we just stop and say, God, I don't know what I need. I don't even know what I want. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what your will is. And that takes us back to the real Holy Ghost praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you put all of those things together. He only wanted to do the will of the Father. He was open to whatever His Father would tell Him. He was full of the Holy Ghost our Savior was in that Garden of Gethsemane. He had a broken, contrite heart. He had a passionate prayer. And what was His prayer? Not my will. Brethren, that is praying in the Holy Ghost. And that book says the Spirit knoweth the hearts. You know what? Guys, come on. I can pray the right prayers. Lord, I pray for your will to be done. And yet the Holy Ghost knows if I really mean that. Guys, we can fool a lot of people. We can't fool the Holy Ghost. He, he's, he, he knows our hearts. And what I'm trying to tell you is when you're down to pray, the Holy Ghost knows whether you want to do God's will more than your own will. And when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we just let go of our will and we say, Thine be done. And if there was ever need of that kind of praying, it's today. Praying in the Holy Ghost.